Hello, and welcome to the Wired Biohealth Podcast. My name is Jacqueline Hall, and I am joined by your show's host, Dr. Evelyn Higgins. Hey, Jackie. Great to be with you again. Likewise. It's 2024, and we're well into it. So how have your New Year's resolutions been going? Actually, really well, believe it or not. Yeah? Four days in. (laughs) It's all good. It feels like that, right? So I'm excited because we have um, a history of taking on international clients from around the world, but... Our guest today, she actually had to come to the United States to go through our testing because there was an issue with shipping. Um, So I feel like the relationship that we've developed with this client goes far beyond even a typical client that we work with. Absolutely. They're coming to America, not Eddie Murphy, (laughs) Sophie Burge. Sophie, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And and thank you. Just so our listeners know, it's tomorrow where you are. It's Friday and it's 4 a.m. So this is a big thank you from us and for our listeners, really, because, Sophie, your story is what they need to hear. Really? Thank you. Yeah, of course. So if you want to just kind of take us through as much as you want to share um, about what ended up bringing you to Wired Biohealth. Oh, where do I begin? Um I was someone who was very much very much all Western health in terms of using prescription medications to address any sort of imbalances that were going on in your body. I never looked outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, started from a very young age that I was having certain issues, um, started off with hay fever, um, had hay fever all throughout all seasons and couldn't get rid of it. And I trialed all these different over-the-counter medications. And it got to a point where I was put on a prescription medication called Montelukast, um, which is a very popular medication, I found out. Um, And it worked. It got rid of everything. I was as happy as anything. But I started to notice a decline in my mental health I was experiencing depression, anxiety, which only led me to having to trial lots of antidepressants over the years. Um, And without any sort of testing, we went along the lines of try this, try that, as you say, double it, half it. If it doesn't work, try this one. And I'd reached a point where I was trialing all these medications to correct all these imbalances that were going on. And I ended up leading to another diagnosis of ADHD. And it just, it seemed to be this domino effect of trialing medications that weren't actually right for my body I wasn't metabolizing it properly and which only led to more side effects which one thing I have learned with you guys is that side effects aren't normal with any medication it's it's a big indicator that you're not metabolizing the drug which is absolutely amazing because you see so many people now who are trialing antidepressants and who think that side effects with medications are normal Mm -hmm. It's not. That's a great point, Sophie. People do. They think like, well, you know, it's the risk reward 
I'm feeling better. So I have all these one, are you feeling better? And two, just like you explained, you started with hay fever, seasonal allergy, started on Montelukast, and then a plethora of symptoms resulted from that, which had you then taking more and more and more medications. At, at your greatest point, how many medications were you taking chasing those symptoms? Oh, I think I I think I got up to about 15 prescription medications. As a kid. I'm 21 now. I was 14, 15 around the time that this was all going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember having the conversation with my doctor, like, I am on so many medications. Why don't I feel better? Mm-hmm. I feel awful. I said, I feel like I'm getting worse. Right. And the question the answer I got back was, I think you might be OCD with your health. I was like, I'm not, like, I, I can't. I said, this is not normal. Like, people shouldn't feel this bad and be on all these medications. It's supposed to make you feel better. Instagram would it call just... that gaslighting <laughs> by, by your physician. <laughs> just, eh? Yeah. Apparently it wasn't. But when I was experiencing all these bad side effects with Montelukast, I reached a point where I decided to stop the drug because I wanted to, I was trying to reduce all the medications I was on. And I thought, all right, let's start with the most easiest, I thought at the time, I'll stop Montelukast. And within a couple of days, I went through a post-withdrawal sy- uh, syndrome where I was experiencing all these awful side effects that I had absolutely no control over. And when I spoke to doctors about it, they were telling me that um, it's, you know, two, three days, it will pass. It's just your body getting rid of it. It's not a problem. And it wasn't. It was worse than that. But no one knew about it. Right, right. Those and it was the case of let's talk to another antidepressant. Right, right. Those neuropsychiatric side effects are so common mm-hmm. in the withdrawal from Montelukast. Oh, I just, it was awful I would never want to go I would never wish it on anyone to go through that but it was it was a good eye-opener that people really don't understand how dangerous this drug is absolutely not where did that leave you emotionally Sophie I was probably at the worst point in my life emotionally at that point I had I had nothing else I'd lost everything and one thing I have really realized is that if you don't have your health you have absolutely nothing right Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what you have do not have your health you've got nothing right I'd reached rock bottom. Um, being on all these medications, I'd um, gotten to a point where I was sleeping about 16 hours a day. I was non-functioning at all. I was just, I was a complete zombie on antidepressants and just sleeping 16 hours a day. It was ridiculous. Um it left me really alone in terms of doctors because people who you look up to to fix your problems, fix your physical health problems, couldn't answer any questions. Mm-hmm. They couldn't fix it. The The answer to me was maybe it was best that I go into a mental health hospital, which at that point I was completely, I was still completely there to be able to make my own decisions and understood that there was something really wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not how I was treated. I was treated as if I didn't. So you entered the mental health facility, the hospital? I didn't end up going. Luckily enough, I got in contact with you before that even went to that stage. But I was at the point where I had nothing else 
to, I exhausted every medication. I exhausted every doctor. I'd seen specialists. I had seen people not close to me. I'd been all over the state to get answers for what was going on in my body and no one could answer it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have seen clients that were hospitalized as a result. Yeah. So Sophie, your story is not that uncommon. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is horrible to say that somebody goes through all of that physically, emotionally, and then to be so young. And I mean, as an adult, those would be very hard things to navigate emotionally with your, your peers and, but as a child, not knowing what's going on inside of me, then you have a physician tell you that you're OCD mm-hmm. and that's why rather than let's really investigate what's happening, let's look at your DNA and are you able to metabolize these medications that we're giving you? And if not, well, the side effects are a result of that. Just tell you, put it back on you. It's all on you. Absolutely. It was very hard as a child to have someone tell you that and not not want to help you. Sure. The damage that that could do to a young, a young mind would be devastating. Absolutely. I mean, it's so impressive that you have not just recovered, but thrived, Sophie, because what happened to you as a 14 year old, I can't imagine a 30, 50, 60 year old recovering the same way, because exactly what you said, you're being gaslit by your physician because they've done all that they know how to do. And so the explanation must be you're the problem. Right. Rather than saying, I don't know, let me, let me get in touch with some people who may be able to help us here. Just throw it back on you. Since I've gotten to know you, Sophie, since you made the trip here, all the way over here, as at that time you were 19, correct? Really impressive young woman who said, this is up to me. The the systems failed me, right? This is up to me and I've got to do it. I've been nothing but impressed with everything that you've done along the way. And even how you have now navigated your career. Um, It has been, I'm so grateful now to have gone through what I have because I have a huge understanding of how how the system has failed us it's not it's not right what's happening and there's not it's not just me there's millions of other people around the world who are going through the exact same thing Um, just having those tests and those results has been absolutely life-changing for me having knowing my dna and knowing what works for my body and what doesn't even not medications but like lifestyle changes that are important for my DNA right right as you said um diseases um the absent what's the word you say um the absence of disease isn't health yeah health is more than the absence of disease right so there's all the other aspects that we have to look at not just our physical health but then our emotional health which took a toll on you from what was happening with your physical health your intellectual health you know who do i spend my day with who's around me who am i learning from 
and who do I have to unlearn from, mm-hmm. you know, spiritually, who you are, you so all of those things become what make us up who we are and our health. And as you said, if we don't have our health, we don't have anything, you could be the richest person in the world. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have your health, there are things money can't buy, you know, we spend the first part of our lives spending all our money on ruining our health <laughs> in the way we lead our lives. And then kind of the second half of our life is spending all our money trying to undo those things that we did to our health. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. I think in the, the last year of our life, we spend yeah, 90% yeah, yeah. of our healthcare dollars right, because right. we're saying my time's almost up when in reality, there were a lot of lifestyle changes that we could have made throughout our life. Most diseases that are chronic are preventable right. because they're lifestyle diseases. Right. The number one killer in the United States, and I'm not sure if it's the same in Australia, but is heart disease. Right chronic and preventable. So we've lifestyled our way in, we can lifestyle our way out, but it's going to take these changes. And so it's not all just these pharmaceuticals that can be an important part. But as you always say, Dr. Higgins, the problem is we abuse them right. rather than you. Right, right. I'm not anti-pharmaceutical whatsoever, but it shouldn't be our first go-to. The first go-to would be figuring out what's causing what's happening and then take the most conservative route. If we're not getting the results we need, that's where we need to go for sure. But what did you learn, um, Sophie, from the labs that we did with you? What what light bulbs went off for you? I think the number one light bulb that went off for me was that SSRIs are never going to be effective for my DNA. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest thing to know that and know that I've spent years and years time and money on playing around with SSRIs when they were never going to be effective for me in the first place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all the waste of time and it was it was validating to know that as well that I wasn't the problem I wasn't it wasn't the reason that they didn't work for me it was it was my DNA right Knowing that is such a powerful thing. When I had that pharmacomonomic test come back and it's every single drug that I had had a reaction to was written on there not to take. I was never going to metabolize it. Right. Mm-hmm. That was such powerful things to know. Paying medication that I'd um, previously taken that I'd had reactions to were all written, don't take it. Right. It was life-changing to know that. That if in the future, if I was ever put into a situation where that had to be the case, I would know exactly what medication I could and couldn't have. Right, right. That's not all medication necessarized. It's um, um, heart medication or, I mean, list it. (laughs) Exactly. It's like if you ever wind up in the emergency room, that's the card that you want in your pocket. Okay, I can't metabolize this. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. This is my best option. That's kind of a no brainer. That should be a starting point for each and every one of us. You know, beyond what we did with you and looking at the the neurotransmitters, the hormones, and then those single nucleotide polymorphisms, the genetic aspect of things. But that should be the pharmacogenomics should be a no brainer starting point for everybody. Yeah, I mean, that's going to save 
time, money, and resources from even the prescriber or the hospital's perspective because we're not wasting time trying to figure out what's going to work. And on top of the damage that we're doing to this person's body as well as their psyche, there's no reason to have to test, 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 try, 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 if we know initially, like, boom, this is going to work or it's not. And if we look at an overburdened system, which Mm. definitely is, if we can navigate that field faster and get that person the results we need faster, does that make sense? Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So what's been kind of the the reception in Australia, Sophie, because I know you've turned into a pioneer in your neck of the woods and we love it. You're just really leading the charge on there is a better way, guys. Let's do it. I think it's my personality trait now, to be honest with you. My guy, there is a better way here. There's a better way we can do things. Um someone who wasn't very close to me but was close to my mom was struggling with antidepressants. Um and on the verge of a bipolar diagnosis. Mm. And she was actually on an antidepressant that I had previously tried. And she'd reached a point where she'd had to leave work because she could no longer function. Her um, mental health had declined rapidly. And she was at breaking point. And I told my mom, you know, there's this test that she could take, you know, it's it's not, it's not expensive to have it done in Australia. I think it's about $200 Australian to have it done. And she found out that the antidepressant she'd been on for decades wasn't, she wasn't metabolising it. And she'd spent all this time thinking that she was a problem and blaming herself because she wasn't feeling any better. Mm-hmm. And turns out she was never metabolising the drug in the first place. She was set up to fail to fail. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And if I remember correctly, Sophie, you said that her doctor didn't even know about the test and then wanted to meet you for you to explain, here's the test, here's what it does. And you should be doing it on all of your patients. They were gobsmacked that this test exists and that they are able to actually order it and that it's not out of pocket um, to the practice or anything. It's out of pocket to the patient. This simple test to have done to know, okay, you can metabolize this. This is going to work for you rather than just throwing you on any, any depressant that they chose to pick that day. Exactly. Yeah, that's huge. And I mean, it's really no different in the United States because pharmacogenomic testing has been around for a little bit over a decade Mm -hmm. now. Um, And it is a really useful tool. I think the reason that it hasn't been as utilized as it should be is twofold. One, it works. So we're going to hurt a lot of feelings by taking away a lot of money, right? But the other part of that is when it was advertised, it was kind of done in such, it was, yeah, it was oversold. In reality, pharmacogenomic Pharmacogenomic testing tells you what drugs are least likely to have a negative interaction with your DNA. So it doesn't mean it's what's going to work for you, but it's going to be a list of what's least likely to hurt you and the guys you should stay away from. So I think had it been really presented and marketed correctly, it would be embraced because exactly as you said, 200 Australian, that's not a lot when you look at the co-pays that somebody's going to spend on that doctor's visit. When you look at the money, maybe not every drug that they're prescribed is covered and then and you're doing this as your mom's friend over a decade, multiple right. decades, how, what that does to your quality of life. She, she, like you said, she was at her breaking point. And that's so sad when a simple test could have said, 
yeah, this isn't going to work for you. It's never going to work. That's the priceless part of it. Yeah. You know, we take all the money part away and we say what it did to her life. And now she got her life back. But the amount of time that she'd lost in pain and suffering mm-hmm. to get there because they didn't know Sophie at the time. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> She's now on an antidepressant that she can actually metabolize. Bingo. And feel there you better. go. Life changes, quality of life changes. We're all here to experience this gift of life, you know, and and get out of the way. If if these obstacles are there, let's figure it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I have a, a little bit of a personal question for you, Sophie. So as your emotional health began to improve as a result of the physiology improving did you find that you had to kind of retool yourself to navigate life because you are so different emotionally now oh, good question that is a very good question <laughs> my life from what it was last year has completely changed i have had to look at the world in a completely different way even still at such a young age my emotional health has just physical health, intellectual health, all of it has just, I can't even put it into words, the quality of life that I have now to what I used to have. I just can't even put that into words. I have a normal life at my age now. I can interact with society normally like it, Ah, it makes me quite teary. It's it's amazing that I have my life back now and I'm able to be a functioning human being. Well, we are my be part of that. Yeah. I have I am so grateful to have had this opportunity to get to the root cause of my health issues and know that it's it's treatable. It's not me. Right. Right. It's a tweak. Yeah, it's true. I mean, figure it out. Our slogan is measurable, treatable, life changing. And Sophie, it's just this is you is why our company does what it does, because it's it's great to have all the case studies in the world, the peer reviewed. It's awesome. We have it. But these conversations are the things that make somebody believe that, you know what, Sophie got better, I can too. Right. There's science behind the symptoms. Right. Doesn't it make sense to figure out what the science is? Because it's what, seven and a half billion people in the world with seven and a half billion different sets of DNA, yet we treat everybody like they have the same DNA. It does not make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. And I feel like you being in Australia, you know, I just love the concept that somebody can tune into this podcast wherever they are, listen to the company in the United States, hear from a client in Australia, and maybe they're in France, Germany, Argentina, and say, you know what, maybe this is for me too, because I see myself in Sophie. Absolutely. Yeah, this is awesome. Sophie, your, your story will help more people than you have any idea. I could talk all day long, but you talking is what makes a difference. Yeah. So we thank you. Now that I actually remember, um, when you did my neurotransmitter test and all the results came back, the one neurotransmitter that wasn't as out of balance as all of them was serotonin. Mm -hmm. That's what we had been addressing 
for years right trying to fix right we hear that so often it's like everybody's go-to when they have low mood or they've been labeled depressed is serotonin it's got to be the serotonin it must be low when that's not always the case. In fact, sometimes somebody who's been labeled with depression has high serotonin. Well, it, it presents as anxiety. What's the difference? And you look somebody who's extremely anxious, they can appear to be depressed to right. somebody. But you look at the causes, the root causes of depression, it can be serotonin, it can be dopamine, it can be epinephrine, it can be norepinephrine, it can be one, two, all three or four of those. We don't know unless we do objective lab testing. Yeah. And it's easy. I mean, simple. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why somebody wouldn't start there. And I understand it's we haven't been really groomed to think that way. Right. No, we, we're groomed for a disease model of healthcare. Right. And then it's symptomatology, diagnose, medicate. Right. Yeah. And I just, I hope that our testing becomes mainstream, but I have hope because there are clients like Sophie, none as good as Sophie, but clients like Sophie around the world that are starting to feel, you know what, I'm I'm leading the life that I want. It, not everybody's like a plus picture of life looks the exact same. Right. And everybody doesn't want the same things. No, but it's about you and what makes you your best self. And I'm just so honored that we've been able to be a part of that. Sophie and you came on the show today. So thank you so much for waking up early for being a part of the wired biohealth world. You you're amazing. Sophie, thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you. Thank you really on, on every level from getting to know who you are as a person And seeing you now create a career that is going to help an infinite amount of people and how you present yourself to the world every day is really a testament to who you are. So thank you. Thank you so much. Of course, Sophie. Well, (laughs) if anybody has identified with Sophie's story and you're based in the U.S., I invite you to call the office. The number is 1-888-841-7099. Or if you're an international client like Sophie, head over to the website, go to wiredbiohealth.com, and you can book a free virtual consult with one of our wellness consultants to share a little bit about your story, what some of your goals are, and find out if we're going to be a fit for you. So Dr. Higgins, pleasure speaking with you as always. Sophie, thank you for joining us today and we'll see you next time listeners bye thanks sophie go back to sleep (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye see you next week 